0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Peter this morning, 1 Peter chapter 1. We talk a lot around here about next spiritual steps. We talk about being challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Jesus Christ. We talk a lot about growing in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We are working on a verse of Scripture in Philippians chapter 1. That verse tells us that he who has begun a good work in us is going to complete it someday. Let's read or quote this verse together, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. We have it up here. We'll start with a reference, do the verse, and then finish with the reference, all right? Here we go. Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6. Now written across that verse is a theological truth and it's called progressive sanctification. And you and I need to understand that God is trying to complete something in our lives and one day when we get to glory, that work will be done. But between here and there, there's a lot of progress that needs to be Me, John, that's supposed to be going on. So we're all right. right, okay? The theological question today is, the theological question today is, how do you eat an elephant? Now, some of you have the answer, but I want you to hang on to that. It's not with ketchup and mustard, all right? But what happens in our lives is we walk around in this fog. It was supposed to be more foggy than it is now. Chris, where's the fog? There it is. And and we wonder, how in the world am I going to make progress? How in the world am I going to eat this elephant? How in the world is God going to complete this work that He has begun in our lives? And I think it's important for us to recognize that it is a process it is a process that God wants to accomplish in each of our lives for His honor and His glory. Now, as you think about this process, and we're going to be looking at the process over the next number of weeks. And if you have to miss a week or two, let me encourage you to go to the website and pick up the, the, the uh, message so that, so that you'll understand what this process is, is all about. And as, you, as we look at the process, there are a number of elements And as we think about the elements, we need to understand that in the process, the first element is that it's intentional. All right? Say that word with me, will you please? Intentional. Intentional. And so as we think about, whoops, that's a taller step than I thought it was going to be. As we think about this process, we must recognize that each one of us must have the intent of growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's how you eat the elephant. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Here in 1 Peter, starting with chapter 1, I want to begin with verse 17. And I'm going to read for you down through verse 5 of chapter 2. And there are four truths that I want you to recognize this morning in the process if we are going to grow together. You follow along in your copy of the scripture, please. Verse 17 of 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you are ransomed. From the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Verse 22. And this word is good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, Now, as we think about this process, we must understand that intentionally it begins with the people of God. Spiritual growth is for God's people. Spiritual growth is for those who know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you know that you've been born again in the family of God, that you have received Jesus Christ as personal Savior, spiritual growth is to take place in your life. This is not for unbelievers. This is not for those who have no relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. But this is for all children of God. Now you noted as we read that passage of Scripture that the children of God have been ransomed. Did you see that? Understanding that we have been purchased with a price. In verse 18, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You and I have been purchased. God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, bought us. We've been bought with a price. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, What, know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? who dwells in you, for you're not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirits, which belong to God. The ransom that has been given to us is not just substitution, but it is that God took what was precious to him, his son Jesus Christ, and gave it in your behalf. I'm reading a book. Actually, I'm listening to a book on CD right now about the Underground Railroad. And much of the history of the Underground Railroad takes place in New York City. And there are accounts in New York City where white people purchased the rights to black people to make them free. Gave of their own resources so that these men and these women and these children could enjoy free. That's exactly what God has done for you and for me. He used his resource, his son Jesus Christ, to allow us to be free in Christ. Amen? Amen. And so we start this intentional growth, this process, recognizing that God has made us free, purchased us to be his own people. I trust that encourages you this morning. And again, if you don't know Christ as personal Savior, talk to me afterwards so that I can introduce you to Him, so that I can tell you how you can be born again into the family of God. But in this intentional process that we have, the people of God have some responsibilities. The first responsibility that we have in our lives is to pull some weeds. Connie and I... Thursday evening, afternoon, we're working in our yard, and we were pulling weeds. There were some nasty weeds, long roots, weeds that we got the shovel out and dug out of the yard because they wouldn't come just by pulling them. Do you have any weeds like that in your life that are nasty, whose roots go down deep? and they're hard to get rid of, let me tell you, it's a process that has to take place in your life and mine. And if we are going to grow, if we're going to mature, we'd better be willing to get rid of some weeds. Now, how do we do that? We must understand that there is a way to conduct ourselves. Again, verse 17 of chapter 1. Conduct yourselves, the last part of the verse, with fear throughout the time of your exile. Now, wait a minute, preacher. You said that we were born again in the family of God, and God was our Father, and we shouldn't fear our Father. You know, perfect love casts out all fear. I love my dad, but there were certain times I don't want to be too close to him because he would take the board of education and apply it to my seat of learning. (laughs) And you know when those times were? When I was not conducting myself properly as his son. If we are going to pull the weeds of our lives, we must recognize that our conduct is to please Him, not ourselves. But not only must we understand that we have to conduct ourselves, we are to be obedient to the truth. Jump down to verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Obedience to the truth. Earlier in chapter 1 it says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former lust and your ignorance. But as he who has called you holy, so be ye holy in all manner of life. Because it's written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That's obedience, right? The kids sing the song, Obedience is the very best way. To what? Show that you believe. Some of you don't know that song. Doing exactly what the Lord commands. Doing it Happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. And joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that. Isn't that true? Huh? And if we are going to pull some weeds, we need to not only conduct ourselves properly, but we need to be obedient to this book. We are keeping our almost three-year-old grandson for a couple of days while his mom and dad get away. There are some things that he must bring to Mimi and G Daddy's house. He must bring his monkey. Without his monkey, he's no good. He must bring his binky. Without his binky, he doesn't go to bed. He brought something new this time. He brought a little Gideon New Testament. And he said, Parker, what's this? He says, my Bible. I mean, this is a two and a half. He'll be three in July. My Bible. He sleeps with that thing. It has the same value as monkey. Now, he didn't know it yet, but it has more value than monkey. Obedient to the truth. How much value does that book that you hold in your lap or have on your electronic device mean to you? How much value does the Word of God, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, really? I mean, really make a difference in your life? The Bible is not just a volume full of suggestions. The Bible is the truth because it is the word of God that changes not. Amen? Amen. And if we're going to pull some weeds, we need to be obedient to the truth. And if we're going to pull some weeds, we need to put off some things, right? Look down in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, so put away. Put away what? Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Malice, any kind of wickedness, deceit. Guile, means to, to catch with bait, craftiness. Hypocrisy, wearing a mask, an impersonalization of, of who we are. Envy, playing ourselves to someone else because we value what they have more than what we have. Slander, evil speaking, speaking against. Fawcett Brown in his critical commentary wrote this. Out of malice springs guile or deceit. Out of guile or deceit come hypocrisies. Pretending to be what we are not and not showing what we really are the opposite of loved, unfeigned, and without dissimulation. Out of hypocrisies, envies of those to whom we think ourselves obliged to play the hypocrite. Out of envies, evil speaking, maliciousness, envious distraction of others. Do you see the circle? And what does Peter say? Peter says, Put them away. We won't take time this morning, but we could go to Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul writes, put off the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust and put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You know, we need to pull some weeds in our lives. Can you think of one weed that you need to pull in your life? Now the question is, are you willing to work hard enough to get it pulled out? by its root. Or if you were in another part of the country, root. Huh? Jesus told a parable. A parable about sower and went out and put clean seed in his field. The evil one came and sowed tares in the field. The question was, do we go out and try to pull up the tares now? And the landowner said, no, let them both grow together because they will. And at the end of the age, at harvest time, we'll figure out what's tares and what's good. In our culture today, there is an evil one who is sowing tares, and sometimes it's hard to distinguish between the two, right? So how do you distinguish? You have to go back to the people of God, right? Conduct yourselves, obedience to the truth, right? Right? Because someday, there's going to be a separation. In Matthew's gospel, it's called the separation of sheep and goats. Separation of tares and wheat. That's Matthew 13, by the way. And yet, the challenge that I think we have in our lives as believers is to recognize that there are some things that just should not be there and we need to be pulling some weeds we cannot afford to let it grow together because it will infest us and affect us and the seed is the word of god right jesus told another story you're familiar with it sower and the soils right the so it went out and he scattered the seed. Some of it fell on hard ground, some of it fell on stony soil, some of it fell among thorns, and some of it fell on good ground, right? And as Jesus was defining that parable, he said, The seed is the word of God. Now here comes the question As the word of God is sown in your life, what kind of soil does it fall on? Or is the soil so full of weeds? I had a hole in my backyard, about 400 square feet worth of low spot. Walt Briggs came out last Wednesday and brought me five yards of soil to fill it in. Friday, I went down to the Farm Bureau. said, I need some seed. I walked in and asked the lady. I wanted her to know that I am a man that is quite comfortable in his identity, and I will stop and ask for directions. So she took me back, and she showed me. And I purchased it. I got some fertilizer, and she showed me. I said, I'm going to have Connie call you. Her name was Nancy. So you can tell her I actually asked for directions. I don't know if Connie ever did or not. She said to me, she said, Do you have any hay to put on top of the, the area when you plant it? Yeah, I got some hay at home. Sure, I got that. I said, Well, grass clippings work. She said, Nah, they don't recommend that. They mold. But she said, Is your hay clean? Now, she's talking to a non farm boy here. So I said, Yeah, it's clean. But I got her point, right? If I'm trying to grow something and I don't put what's clean on top of it to help it mature and develop, it's not going to come out with the final product that I'm after. Now, what do we put in our lives? that helps us grow. Verse 2 of chapter 2, the pure milk of the word. Now this is not talking about what Paul references in 1 Corinthians where he said you were immature and so I needed to feed you with milk instead of the meat. This is not what the writer of Hebrews references in chapter 5 and 6, where he says, you weren't ready for for meat, so you got milk, but let's go on. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about that which helps us to develop the character of Christ in our lives. And Peter is identifying it as the pure milk of the Word of God. The only way for us to intentionally grow is to put the Word of God in our lives. That's it. How you doing? Have you thought about the Word of God recently? The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Jeremiah says the Word of God is a fire. It is a hammer. James talks about the Word of God being a mirror in our lives. John 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy word, thy word is truth. The psalmist in Psalm 119 says, The Word of God is settled forever in heaven. Now, I went through that very quickly. But the reality is, it is the Word of God that makes a difference in our lives. And how are we to crave the... Word of God. Like newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word. If you've tasted it, you know the Lord is gracious. If you've not tasted it, you don't have a clue. A week ago my son was visiting me. Connie was down visiting her mom. And so Josh came over for a day or two. And we're down watching the Tigers game. And Josh says to me, Dad, I'd really like some ice cream. I don't know where Connie keeps ice cream. I don't know if she does keep ice cream. So I said, I don't know. Let me go check, see if there's any in the freezer. You know what I found? Eskimo bars. Connie was holding out on me. I had no clue they are there. so I got two Eskimo bars and took them. I've had one every night since. You know how good an Eskimo bar is when you're not supposed to have ice cream? I'm talking about my weeds now, you understand. Let me tell you how sweet the Word of God is. How satisfying. The truth is to our lives. And how wonderful it is to recognize the working of God in us and through us. And challenging us and changing us. So we can be conformed to the character of Christ. It's it's great. If you've not tasted it. Let me give you a sample. Because you'll never turn it away again. You know, sometimes we forget how good it is. We get so busy with life, we just forget that God has it available to us. And it's right there for our taking. It's an intentional process, folks. And it starts to develop with the Word of God. So what's that mean? That means that God wants to complete a process in our lives. Verse 4, chapter 2. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. Who is that hymn there? Who's the hymn? the living stone? Help me. Jesus Christ, right? All right. Men rejected him. God said He was chosen and precious. It's Jesus Christ, okay? Verse 5, but you yourselves, like living stones. Can I just stop here and say, don't be a dead rock, be a living stone? As living stones are being built up, process, intentional process, are being built up a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Who's the you yourselves in in verse 5? Who is it? Us, people of God. Right? People of God, you yourselves, are being built up. Now, what's the process? Pulling weeds in the pure milk of the Word of God. That's the process. Pulling weeds in the pure milk of the Word. And what happens? We're a spiritual house, holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Unless you pull some weeds and put the pure milk of the Word in your life, you will never be the spiritual house that God wants you to be. You will never be the holy priesthood that God intends. You will never be able to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. It won't happen. It's an intentional process that takes place in our lives. This fall, Connie and I are going to go to Colorado. We're going to spend a week and a half or so in Breckenridge which is just west of, of Denver, west of, um, I just lost the place, that way, I'm going to check off on of my bucket list, an item, I'm going to climb Pike's Peak, Pike's Peak at the top is 14,110 feet. Now, you need to understand, you start at about 5,500 feet. You start a mile high, right? 5,208, whatever it is, okay? The only way I'm going to do that is to train. So I have an old backpack that I put 90 pounds of weights on in, Throw it on my shoulder and go for a walk. That's how I'm training. I'm doing some push ups, I'm doing some sit ups, doing little weights. But it's also I can get here, right? That's where I want to go. I want to get here. What kind of mountains in your life do you want to climb? Huh? What's on your bucket list spiritually? Where do you want to go? You know, a lot of times we think about these mountains and we say, not me, not here, not now. I'm someplace else. Too much work. Got other stuff going. By the way, Steve Carey gave this to us at our deacons meeting last Tuesday night, challenging us that many times in our lives. That's what we say, isn't it? We get an opportunity to witness to somebody and say, not me, not here, not now. What's your next mountain? You see, it all comes back to how do you need an elephant? And you know the answer, right? One bite at a time. How do you make spiritual progress in your life? One step at a time. One decision and follow through at a time. One determination at a time. It's an intentional process. You do not grow spiritually by accident. But that's how most of us live our Christian lives, right? Let's be honest. As the people of God. God's people are here today. Amen. As the people of God, we need to be pulling weeds and desiring the pure milk of the Word. Because God wants to make us spiritual houses, holy priests, offering up sacrifices that are acceptable What's God doing in your life? How is he challenging you? How is he changing you? How is he conforming you to the character of your son? We started the service with I've been changed. Amen? It's a process, an intentional process in each of our lives. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word truth. Help us, Father, to, to grow and to be the kind of people that you want us to be. For your honor and glory, we pray these things in Jesus' name.